Hey all, Oscar here. Just a very quick reminder that as we enter our ninth year of We Like Movies, it really does us a solid. If you give us a rating, a review, a subscribe on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, we're even on Spotify now. So we appreciate your continued support. Just help us spread the word. Happy 2019. What are we waiting for? Action! Let me have your attention for a moment. Let's talk about something important. Now we're talking business. Let's talk business. Yeah, let's talk business. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What I'm talking about is... Wait, what am I talking about? The buzz. The buzz. The whatever is an offshoot of the buzz. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. We have a new category this year. Best film ever made by a human being. You should have got Oscar. Hey, man, I'm not... Who are you working for? The Knutsons. Who, who the f*** are the Knutsons? The, the Knutsons. Uh, he's a big movie sphinx about big men in tights. Roll that motherfucking camera, Wolfie. Kiss my ass. Yeah! We like movies. This is business, and this man has taken it very, very personal. Hello, this is Oscar Dahl. I'm here with Matthew Knutson, and this is We Like Movies live and in person. I'm looking at Matt Knutson sitting across the kitchen island from me in my apartment here in Seattle, Washington. Matt, what are you doing here? When was the last time we did this live? Five years ago? The only thing I remember us talking about is looking forward to seeing Django Unchained. Does that sound right? It's maybe more like six years ago. Yeah, well, is it possible that you were down in San Diego to record at one point? We did that. I think we did we that. We did that for the that's post Oscars. Yes. Okay. But I think the last time we did this in your house, I know I don't know why I remember this, but we were doing our like top ten most anticipated films of the year. Okay. And I know Django and Chain came up, so that would have been twenty thirteen probably. Where was I living? I don't even know. Maybe it wasn't Queen Anne. This is super scintillating for everybody, <laughs> I'm sure. But the point is we don't get to do this very often, so this is a, an enormous treat. It's really a, a pleasure to be in your presence for a change. Uh yeah, it's awesome. And uh, we get to talk about one of our favorite things, award show bullshit. We're gonna do predictions for Oscar nominations that come out uh, on the what twenty second, I believe. Week from today. Week from today when we're recording. Uh, and then we're gonna give our ideal candidates if we were, you know, judge, jury, executioner of the Academy, who we would put in these slots, which is actually a pretty fun exercise, especially when you look at performances, especially, because they don't necessarily line up with uh, the common nominees that are going out there right now. So We both were very disciplined, I feel, in 2018. We got out to a lot of movies. We yeah. got our top 10 lists out in a decent amount of time. We were pretty comprehensive. So I think we actually are more qualified than usual to sound off about this kind of stuff. This is true, and also the availability of foreign films, I think, has been a nice uh, change of pace. A lot of documentaries have been out there for us to see as well. While there is a lot of uh, uncertainty on who will win or who will triumph at the Oscars this year, I think there's some pretty solid consensus on a lot of the nominees. Basically going through a lot of these categories, it felt like four out of the five typically were kind of locks. Yeah. But we'll see when we get to our... Our predictions, I got a couple of wild cards in here, but anything else before we get into it, Matt? I think it's going to be kind of a fun year. I mean, the fact that Star is Born's quote-unquote stock has kind of dropped a little bit over the last few weeks kind of excites me, not just because I'm not totally sold on that film, but I didn't like the narrative of it being the lock runaway. I didn't like the idea of it just being the Roma 
slash Starsborn show so early becoming mm-hmm. the de facto, you know, La La Land or Moonlight. So I like the fact that it's a relatively open field here. I'm not crazy that Green Book stock is rising just because I'm not crazy about that movie. It's interesting that so much of this, like, gossip has started to come out. It doesn't seem like it's really affecting that movie's momentum, but... The stories of uh, Peter Farrelly showing his dick to friends as a joke. Right. Or Nick Vallelonga uh, Being a 9-11 truther. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that kind of hurts their stock a little bit because you don't want that uh, that movie to be like a runaway. You don't want another sort of awkward Mahershala Ali speech where he's yeah. not... Uh, Poor guy. Yeah, it's kind of brutal for him right now. Uh, Peter Farrelly seems to not give a shit and just wants to win and feel good about it. But He does seem like he really wants to win. And, you know, I'm going to try and be... I'm going to say something that hopefully makes me come off as more responsible or more mature than I usually do. I would like to live in a world where regardless of how I feel about Green Book, yeah. that I don't want controversy or gossip or Nick Vallelonga or Peter Fairley's histories to come yeah. into play. Does that make sense? It I is, want all things being equal. I think you especially, Matt, have, have always been this way. You're pretty good at separating the art from the artist, yes. right? Sometimes and that, to a fault. Perhaps to a fault. <laughs> I sort of agree with you that it should, it should stand on its own. Obviously, you can't escape context anywhere. Um, it used to be... A, easier of course but i want to go back to stars born real quick please i think that in the last what five eight ten years in the social media era what's the earliest a best picture winner has been released i mean you have we always go back to silence of the lambs right but silence of the lambs came out in february of 91 yeah but that's 1991 people have the world is moving slower in terms of news and entertainment and all and all that shit people right. have longer memories our attention spans were, were in a lot better shape back then so february that is pretty crazy that it was it was that early but it clearly sustained and stayed atop whatever the news cycles were in the entertainment world i mean you think back then what entertainment news was there you had the trades and then you had entertainment weekly and that's Premiere Magazine. Premiere, yes. <laughs> <laughs> movie Line. I loved Premiere Movie Line. Oh, me magazine. too. I, it broke my heart when Premiere <laughs> went away. I actually was a bigger fan of that than Entertainment Weekly. I was. I, I love the magazines that were just large. You know, yeah. just the really big magazines. That and Rolling Stone. It was a shame when Rolling Stone switched to a yeah. smaller. But. Take those things on a plane, and you know that God. that could sustain you for hours. Absolutely. I think I know what you're asking, though. You're asking in recent, like in the age of social media, what is the earliest yes. Best Picture winner we've had? So you just look back, and you know, Shape of Water obviously came out in like October of last year. I think Moonlight came out in October. Spotlight, like these are all festival films, right? Yeah. Birdman, uh, I want to say was September, October. Twelve Years a Slave was you know Telluride's that would have been August-ish. Argo was definitely October, November. The artists came out at Cannes, so but, that but, was always kind of, that was around. But, but U.S. releases, you know, when yeah, people yeah. actually see it, when it becomes a top of mind. Oh, yeah. These are all, you know, second half of, you know, third or fourth quarter. Hurt Locker was weird because Hurt Locker came out, I think, in Europe, yeah. 2008 or something, yeah. right? But it didn't actually come out in the U.S. That was a strange one. Slumdog Millionaire was a Toronto, you know, a, a festival thing. No Country for Old Men, that came out at Cannes. And then I think it came out in the U.S. in, like, September, October. When it reaches the, the mass audience, audience uh i think we do have sort of recency bias right 100 I, th- I, th- I think stars born was the uh the front runner so to speak but a lot of this front runner talk is from the media right and they want new shit to talk about anyway so you can't sustain a front runner for multiple months you have to have to keep the story going keep the narrative going within those circles right yes it there needs to be if there is an ebb there needs to be a flow right like if if something does wise drop, words yes that's true. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it's like a zen <laughs> but 
if if something does drop, something there needs to be it needs to get pushed. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to get re you know what they, the smart thing to do now is re release Stars Born in theaters or something, right? Yeah, I just saw, but it's available on VOD now. Oh, so. is it? okay. Yeah, I mean they they put it on the IMAX I think for one week about a month ago, which I didn't see that a free solo also on the IMAX at the moment. Go if you see haven't it, seen do that, it. go see it on the IMAX. I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll come up in this conversation. But your point is well taken. Recency bias is the real thing. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, yeah, you look at the last 20 years. Gladiator, that was a summer release. Yeah. That was 19 years ago. I mean, even looking at the top 10 list I made, and it's just it's just so hard when you're inundated with these movies and then, you know, you're considering ones that you saw five months ago. You know, I think something like First Man obviously uh, suffers from the fact that it came out super early and people saw yeah. it once and forgot about it, right? Yeah. Um, if it had come out in October, November, December. I think it was October. It mm-hmm. got swallowed up. Pretty sure it was early October, yeah. But it got swallowed up mm-hmm. by the Star is Born thing because Star is Born was such an instant phenomenon and First Man was so sort of like understated yeah. and... What'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see if Black Panther ends up happening in any sort of meaningful mm-hmm. way. Because at this point, it is an open enough race that if Black Panther wins Best Picture next month, I'm not going to be floored by that because the narrative is kind of right. And that movie was released in February of last year. So by the time, if Black Panther was to win Best Picture, it will be over a year old by yeah. the time it wins, which could happen. But that would be unprecedented for a number of reasons. I mean, Black Panther has symbolic things. It also, superhero action type movies, I feel, are probably more rewatchable than other sure. types of movies and it's been on Netflix for a while now yeah. too so it has stayed top of mind should we get into our predictions Matt yes let's do it I think we've put money on this before <laughs> yes we have alright are we doing it again 100% alright 40 bucks okay is, yeah. is, is, our, is our typical it's we, a deal we just did a left handed shake <laughs> this, that doesn't <laughs> does that count I don't think that counts <laughs> alright we'll do it right here alright here we go there that's go. better yeah. good <laughs> God, can you just feel the just the physical interaction here? This is incredible. Um, that was a pretty flimsy shake of the left hand. I have to be perfectly honest. And I had my uh, my fingers crossed behind my back oh, at the same time. Oh, son of a bitch! All right, should we start with picture and uh, go from there? You sure you don't want to start with the lesser stuff and okay. work our way up to okay. picture? We'll start with the, we'll start at the very bottom and work our way down. Okay, the top. that's I good. I mean to throw a monkey wrench in, but all right, we're gonna do a documentary. I mean, I have one wild card in here because the documentary category is historically you'll have some weird shit go down. Sure. Nominations. That's what happened. But I have Won't You Be My Neighbor, Three Identical Strangers, Free Solo, Minding the Gap, and I'm putting a movie called Shirkers in here. Oh, okay. Because I think it's just weird enough that'll get people's attention and Hollywood people like movies about movies. Did you see Shirkers? Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting film. It's very interesting. Very weird. I'm with you for the most part. I have RBG instead of Shirkers, which I think is just, you know, it's such a topical, you know, she's at the forefront of everybody's minds. People aren't crazy about the Felicity Jones, you know, the Mimi Leader movie, but I do think they still want to celebrate Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm going with that instead of Shirkers, but I think if Shirkers gets in there, it swaps out for Three Identical Strangers. I think that's probably true. But I will stick with my list, which is Free Solo, Won't You Be My Name? RBG, Binding the Gap, and Three Identical Strangers. Okay. But I like Shirkers. That's good. I mean, it's kind of cool that uh, Mr. Rogers' documentary is going to be on here. I mean, Free Solo better freaking win this thing, although there is a lot of uh, Mr. Rogers' love and, uh, <laughs> and RBG love. RBG love and Mining the Gap love. So it's true. It's a pretty wide open category. It's a very exciting category. Great year for documentaries. What's the last time a documentary has a documentary ever been nominated for Best Picture? It has not. And this really should be the year when that happens. I don't think it will, but looking at, I mean, Mining the Gap, along with maybe, you know, First Reformed and Roma, probably the uh, most critically, one of the most critically acclaimed films of the year. Free Solo, to me, is just like, I saw it again on the IMAX the other night, and it's just like, 
if ever there was a movie that should break through, yes. that has a perfect dramatic trajectory, is an incredible hero's journey, mm-hmm. is the cinematography is groundbreaking. I mean, it's just it's got everything. Yeah. But it's never happened. It didn't happen for Fahrenheit 9/11. That's that's the one they were really pushing for. Remember, like Michael Moore took himself out of documentary yeah. consideration because he wanted Best Picture consideration. Yeah. It had won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, uh, but it didn't happen, and it still hasn't happened. I mean, for a second there, I thought Won't You Be My Neighbor was going to be the one to break through. Because really? that, I mean, over the summer, that movie was just like, yeah, people, people were went crazy for that movie. People needed it. But that softened it. Yeah, people needed it. <laughs> That's probably a good way to put it. But no, to answer your question, it's never happened. I, I wish it I wish it would. Someday it will. Mm-hmm. Probably not this year. Foreign film. That has happened. That has happened. And it will happen. And it will this happen year. this year. Um, all right. Mine are Cold War, Burning, Shoplifters, Roma, and a movie I'm not familiar with, haven't seen, but everyone seems to think it's going to be the fifth nominee is uh, Carpenaeum. Yeah. Those are my five as well. All right. That's exactly what I've got. I've seen four out of five. I have not gotten to Carpen- Carpenaeum yet. Do you know anything That's about that It's a Lebanese film, uh, right? I want to say. I don't know. Big hit at Cannes. Yeah, no, I don't really know much about it. Okay. It's like about kids who take their parents to court for custody or something Okay, like that. I'm, I'm just that. It sounds very interesting, but yeah, I'll get to it before February. And now we have uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. I don't know, it didn't seem that competitive a category to me after doing some research, but we'll Certainly see. not as interesting as original, as far as I'm concerned. So I have A Star is Born, If Beale Street Could Talk, Black Klansman, Black Panther, and can you ever forgive me? Okay, so I've got Black Klansman, Stars Born, If Beale Street Could Talk, Crazy Rich Asians, ah. and The Death of Stalin. Now, ah. The Death of Stalin is not a movie I was even that crazy about, but Armando Iannucci, obviously very popular writer, showrunner from Veep. I believe he was nominated for In uh, in the Loop, right? The film that yeah, I think he, he made with Tom Holland. I think he was. So it's just, it's one of those movies that I I kept seeing popping up on all these critics lists and it just, it's a very writerly film, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very quick kind of like rat-a-tat, dialogue-heavy movie and Mm -hmm. um, it probably deserves a rewatch because at the time it just was a little too dark and a little too real (laughs) for me. It wasn't, it wasn't as farcical as I was expecting considering it came from the the guy who made, you know, Veep and In the Loop. Anyway, all that being said, I think it has a very good chance of this being, you know, sort of like a Logan-esque kind of anointment. Just the one... The one nomination for a film that a lot of critics really loved. All right, so you don't have Can You Ever Forgive Me? I do not. And you don't have Black Panther? Exactly. Okay, so I don't think Black Panther is going to get any uh, acting nominations. Uh, I think this and, a, oh, we'll get to it, but Best Picture nomination are going to be at sort of awards, if you will. Sure. Uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? That's still a movie I haven't seen. I would I would prefer to give it to Crazy Rich Asians or <laughs> Death of Stalin, and we'll get to that in my ideals. Playing safe. I'm trying to win that money from you. Fair enough. Yeah, I might be taking a little bit. <laughs> bit of a flyer here. A lot of this could just be the fact that I'm, I just wasn't crazy about yeah. Can You Ever Forgive Me? But I could certainly see that happening and I could certainly see Black Panther getting in there. It'd be crazy that if a superhero movie gets it. Although it happened last it happened year with Logan, last I guess. Year, yeah, so that's, okay. it's not that crazy. Yeah, it's not that impressive. Yeah, I, I really did like Death of Stalin actually. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was spouting off like you hadn't seen it. I'm a big fan. But yeah, I think it might be a little too dark for the Academy. We'll see. Uh, Alright, original screenplay. Here's what I got. And to be fair, screenplay nominations, there do tend to be wild cards, sort of out of nowhere stuff sure. that has been prognosticated before. Which That's is, what makes them some of the most fun categories, yeah. is sometimes things just squeak in there. Logan would be a great example of that. 
Exactly. All right. I got uh, original screenplay of Vice, The Favorite, Roma, Green Book, and Eighth Grade. Interesting. Yeah. I'm identical except instead of Eighth Grade, I got First Reformed. Love Eighth Grade. I think that if it does get nominated, you know, like the best chance it has is sneaking into the screenplay category for Bo Burnham for sure. I just don't see Elsie Fisher breaking through. But First Reformed, it's, I don't know, just one of those movies that just keeps coming up. Paul Schrader won the Critics' Choice over the weekend. Is it too small? I don't know. I think it's got a chance. Paul Schrader is obviously, you know, he's a Hollywood legend. People think of him more as a writer than a director. Yeah. So I think Roma, favorite, Vice, Green Book, First Reformed. I can see First Reformed. I, I do think there is... Some people do not respond well to First Reformed. Fair. And okay. I've, I've seen that from uh, from acquaintances. Um, and when they don't respond well, they really don't respond well to that movie. Sure. <laughs> which, which makes sense. Do you find... Not that we need to litigate First Reformed at this point, um, but do you, do you find that there's a gender discrepancy? Do you find... Men respond more positively to First Reform than women? I gotta be honest, I have not talked to any women who have seen First Reform. Okay. But I've only talked to like five people who have seen First Reform. Right. So, uh, is that what you have found? I haven't really talked to many women who have seen it, but I have listened to a lot of podcasts because it keeps coming up on all these top 10 lists for various critics. And, you know, I probably listened to 20 podcasts in the last two weeks where they've run down Mm -hmm. their top 10 lists. And I do find that when people push, the critics who push back on that film tend to be women. Male critics seem to be uniformly in, in love with that film. Especially the ending of the movie, I think really, you know, it, it separate. It divides people. It's a divisive ending. Yeah. And I have heard from some female critics who find the ending to be a little bit problematic to, at the risk of using an overused yeah, word. Yeah, I mean, there, there are things in that movie that you, I guess on a, on a very bird's eye view level be like, well... We, we, don't, we don't want to spoil it completely, but there is, yeah, there is something that happens at the end of that movie that is, you know, that is verging on the sexual or the romantic and um, I I can understand why it would ruffle some feathers. (laughs) I personally found it to be fascinating. I would be very, very happy if First Reformed got that uh, that nomination. First Reformed has been, for the most part, completely ignored through this whole uh, awards season thus far. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, Schrader won the other night at the Critics' Choice, considering that it is one of the most critically acclaimed films of the year, and people are talking about it, you know, as obviously the, the best performance of Ethan Hawke's career, one of the best performances of the year. It has been pretty much ignored. So we'll see if the Academy Award nominations, which are heavily dependent on the actors' branch, right? Yeah. We just talk about SAG being the biggest, you know, the biggest branch in the Academy. Actors love Ethan Hawke. He's a journeyman. He's been around forever. He has a very good reputation. He's been Oscar nominated before, not only as an actor, but as a screenwriter mm-hmm. for the before films. So he just seems like the kind of beloved figure. But it just kind of, it just comes down to him. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to it when we talk about actor. I think I think there's there's a there's a, a Dutch door situation where it could go one of two ways. Gotcha. And I really hope it goes Ethan Hawke's way. I'm afraid it's going to go the other way. Interesting. All right, I'm going to move on to supporting actor. Um, I'm going pretty fucking chalk here because <laughs> I don't feel good about it. But Mahershala Ali, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, Timothy Chalamet, and uh, old Sammy Rockwell. I'm with you. Three out of five. Mahershala, Sam Elliott. Richard E. Grant, and then I have Adam Driver, mm-hmm. and then I have Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I that's just, a flyer. I just don't see that happening, but I, I can feel that forty dollars in my pocket <laughs> already. I, I just, appreciate the pick. I just don't see the Timothy Chalamet thing happening. Nobody saw that movie. Nobody cared. Uh, he loves does, Chalamet. He, they though. do. He gets nominated for everything. He has been nominated a few times for sure. I just, I just don't see that happening. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam. Yeah, I just don't think it's a big enough. I just don't think he's got enough, has enough screen time to be perfectly honest. He's only been nominated for one. He got nominated for the Golden Globe, I think. Other than that, he's been pretty well ignored. Yeah. So I, I think he's actually really great in that movie. 
I think he was a lot of fun. To me, that's the Bale and uh, Adams show. I well, wait. So original cool. screenplay. Did you have Vice as well, or no? I did. You did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I think that's a slam dunk. Okay, I think I think Vice is going to get some noms here. I think you're right, and I think Adams and Bale are both slam dunks, and, and I think the screenplay makes a lot of sense. Could, it could turn out to be a much bigger Vice day than one would expect, given the sort of divided reaction to that movie. To me, I'd, I'd be shocked if and and Rockwell's on my team, so it would actually work out <laughs> really well for me. Shock. It'd be good for me, but uh, I just don't see that happening. Supporting actress the two favorites rachel vice and emma stone <laughs> amy adams regina king and i'm gonna give michelle yo my fifth all right spot here cool so now great now the money's coming back towards <laughs> me i would love to live in that world where michelle yo gets nominated because she deserves it I think she's wonderful, and I think that movie deserves to be much more of a conversation, much more of a part of this conversation. I mean, there's no precedent for it yet. She's been, she hasn't been nominated for anything. Uh, so I don't see that happening here, and I think actually Claire Foy is going to slide in there for that fifth spot, which will be sort of just like the little, that and Justin Hurwitz, who will probably get nominated for his score, that'll just be like, and probably a couple technical things. Sure. Uh, Tom Cross actually won uh, the editing prize at the Critics' Choice over the weekend for mm-hmm. uh, First Man. So I think they'll scatter a little bit of First Man love. You know, Claire Foy had a big year. and Everyone likes Claire Foy. Everyone likes Claire Foy. That's She's fair. British. So yeah, I just don't see Michelle Yeoh happening. I think, Claire, but but your point's well taken. I think that fifth spot is really on the bubble at the moment. Mm-hmm. Those four seem like very those are locks. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do actress. I have Olivia Coleman, Emily Blunt, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, and Yelitia Aparicio as my best actress nominees. And this is a little more open than I think. I was anticipating before researching, but uh... I think it's another four locks, one sliding door. Okay. At the moment, I think I think you're right. Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, Glenn Close, Yulitz Abrisio. I'd say those are as close to being locks. Mm-hmm. And then your fifth was Emily Blunt instead of Melissa McCarthy for uh, Mary Poppins. Yes. Not for A Quiet Place. Yes. Okay. It seems like the prognosticators are saying Melissa McCarthy. I took a flyer on this as well, so I think we might just cancel each other out. I on like this it. One. Okay. I, I, I got Tony Collette. Oh, because I just—you can't get away from Hereditary. It's not gonna happen. I just can't get away from it. I just, again, just somebody who's beloved, and just that movie was such a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think we're just gonna cancel each other. So so you didn't do Melissa McCarthy? No, I didn't. I I should have. Well, there's a long history of the Academy not rewarding comedic actors and actresses for dramatic roles, right? So you're saying that's the argument against Melissa McCarthy? Yes, it's gonna be one of the snubs when it comes out. People are gonna be talking about it. Yes, although she just she's been nominated for everything thus far she's just yeah. been ubiquitous you know i think people are just the academy gonna, doesn't care i think just gonna check that box the academy know? doesn't care <laughs> but you're ubiquity i think we're voting with our hearts here and i think we're gonna cancel each other out unfortunately well i already won the 40 earlier so all right actor i think the you have the four locks right christian bale rami malik bradley cooper and vigo mortensen mm-hmm. and the fifth one i'm gonna give it to ethan hawk uh, you already made the point earlier, but beloved figure sags a big voting block i could see a wild card going into that fifth spot you know, a lot of people have, what, John David Washington or... Rattle those off for me one more time. I had Bale, Malik, Bradley Cooper, Viggo Mortensen, and Ethan Hawke. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I have, too. Yeah. So I guess I guess I didn't have a fifth person on the bubble. I thought it was going to be either Viggo or Ethan Hawke, but I, I think I guess they can all slide in there. Who are we, who are we missing? Who's it? Yeah, John David Washington. Somebody John David Washington, uh, Willem Dafoe, I guess, Ryan Gosling, maybe, Stephen James. No, not going to happen. Uh, I mean, the one that could I could maybe see happening is Redford sneaking in there. That would be fun. Uh, which I would really like to see, but yeah. I, I don't. I think that Ethan Hawke spot could go to uh, John David Washington or Stephen James, potentially. All right, best director. Alfonso Cuaron, Bradley Cooper, Barry Jenkins, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Spike Lee. That's exactly what I have. 
Goran, Cooper, Lee, Jenkins, Lanthimos. I just can't see McKay getting in there, and I just can't see Fairley getting in there with all this bad press. I can't see it either because you know, it's it's not the directing that that movie is. Uh, it's the writing, I guess. And the Although he did, he was not the DGA nominated non- nominated him, so yeah. there's always that. It, it seems to me that Fairley has been um, he's been out there and he's been campaigning. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. So he wants it, but I I don't know which of these guys would fall off. To be honest, Lanthimos. Lanthimos, you think? Yeah, I think Lanthimos is the one who's <sighs> most in trouble on this list. I still think you don't think, think you think Spike Lee is just for sure. I in think there. I think he's a lock. Yeah, okay. I think it's time. He's never been nominated before in this category, and yeah. uh, you know he's obviously he's a legend, and people seem to love that movie, and just the narrative's all kind of there. Yeah. So I think. Cooper, Quran, Lee are locks. I'd say Jenkins is in a little bit of a tenuous position just because not enough people have seen that film. Yeah. Uh, so that could potentially go Adam McKay's. I just think Jenkins and Lanthimos could potentially end up with Fairley and McKay. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure this looks right to me. It seems right, doesn't it? You know, I mean, people absolutely adore the favorite, and those who've seen If Beale Street Would Talk love it. It's just a question of getting more people to see it. Yeah. And Jenkins is a good, he's a good campaigner, you know. He's yeah. a great public speaker. He's ha- more than happy to get out there and, you know, Does do a lot interviews. Of interviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Best picture. I have nine. How many do you have? I went ahead and just did ten. Okay. You know, I, I don't know how we would end up tallying this up. I mean, I guess it just comes down to... Well, how about I add a ten? Okay. So we're on just even so all Things being equal, sure. Okay, cool. Green Book, Roma, The Favorite, A Star is Born, If Beale Street Could Talk, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Vice, Crazy Rich Asians, and First Man. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't have First Man. I don't think First Man is going to happen. So you have the other nine? I've got a Beale Street Could Talk, The Favorite. Oh, I've got Bohemian Rhapsody. You don't have that, do you? No, fuck no, I don't have Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. I think it's going to happen. And I'm sorry sorry to say that out loud. It's still, it's been a long time since the uh, Best Picture nominees came out, and there was one of them I still hadn't seen. But I've got a sneaky suspicion that on Tuesday, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is going to end up, you know, it's going to weasel its way onto my watch list. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. It happened, you know, the BAFTAs nominated it. It won the Golden Globe. It's a huge hit. Doesn't seem like any of the Brian Singer controversy is slowing this thing down. We're in a situation where the Academy really wants to successful, you know, they want to put hits into the best picture category. First Man was well, not it's really. It's already a hit. got a couple in there, but I, I really, By the way, the BAFTA, they didn't it didn't get nominated for best film. It got nominated for best British, British film? film. Okay. So, I think it's going to happen, unfortunately. I think the last time that there was a best picture race when the nominees came out I hadn't seen one was um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close which had about the same Rotten Tomato score (laughs) as Bohemian Rhapsody does but Bohemian Rhapsody is a much bigger hit than that movie was I I think it's going to happen I rewatched First Man the other night and just reminded me how much I adore that movie but nobody cared. Nobody cared about it. Nobody seems interested in rewarding it this year. All right, shall we get into our idea? This is the fun part, Matt. (laughs) Get into In a Perfect World what we would very specifically nominate for these Categories. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to start at adapted screenplay. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. All right. My adapted screenplays would be If Beale Street Could Talk, Crazy Rich Asians, First Man, Death of Stalin, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there, sometimes there's going to be some overlap here yeah. with our um, yeah, with maybe. our top ten films. Yeah, maybe. Uh, obviously, we're not. There's no way we can bet on these ones, right? So <laughs> I don't have to worry about no, there's no highlighting way. the the differences. <laughs> no okay. Way. All right. So I've got First Man, Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. If Beale Street Could Talk, yeah. Widows, Okay, and Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> Yeah, I considered Mission Impossible Fallout. I just think that that Macquarie's work just goes so underappreciated. You know, like everybody wants to talk about crews jumping off of things and hanging off of things, and I'm all for that. 
But I really think that those movies don't work if uh, McQuarrie doesn't have just a preternatural understanding of yeah. the material and of tone. That's fair. All right, original screenplay. I have The Favorite, Vice, First Reformed, Shoplifters, and Cold War. That's fun. Yeah, so I got two uh, two foreign films on here. Do we consider The Favorite a foreign film? It well, is, Shoplifters right? and Cold War. Right, right. I'm just saying you have The Favorite on there yeah. as well. I, I mean, nobody's talking about that in the foreign category, but that's a British movie, right? Doesn't that make it a foreign film? And he's a Greek director. Yeah. <laughs> But it's probably financed. It's a Fox Searchlight movie, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. financed. Okay, that's probably the that's deciding factor. That's why it's an American movie. Okay. Uh, I have those three as well. Roma, Cold War, The Favorite, First Reformed, mm-hmm. and Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay. Which is, I just think, such a writerly film. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about Roma, but you know, obviously it's a little more visual. And... Yeah, I mean, it's it feels narratively sparse, but I think it's kind of by design. So it's right? definitely by design. So, I mean, it came down to Cold War versus Roma for me. And... Obviously, I've been effusive about how much I adore mm-hmm. Cold War, but I watched it again the other night, and I really do think there's a lot of fascinating things going on mm-hmm. with the script to that film yeah uh i think it's i think i want to say there's three writers right it's i want to say it's Pawlikowski and two of his polish buddies I, I think it's got a chance i mean that's another one of those it's that category we talk about where things can kind of like slide in yeah. under the radar and was it adapted screenplay that we said was a little softer this year yeah yeah because i'm looking at the list black clan i mean you and i had two differences of opinion in our adapted screenplay predictions mm-hmm. so if crazy rich asians just ends up not being able to hang if the death of stalin can't crack that if black panther it turns out can't pull a Logan. Mm-hmm. It might be interesting to see, Cold, although Cold War would be original. Cold War's original. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a that's original's a, tough, a little. That's a tough nut to crack. Well, I mean, there is that one open spot. Like the I had eighth reform. grade in there. You had first reform. So yeah. there there's some uh, there's some leeway there. I can't tell if people are rallying around Cold War or not. I'm so in my little myopic Cold War bubble. Yeah. I cer- it's certainly not doing tearing it up the way Burning or no. Roma have. You know, like it's not. It, it's not it hasn't become that crossover yeah. that I was hoping. I mean, it has it been playing in theaters in LA? I assume it has. I saw it in New York. It's definitely in LA as well. It's not here yet, right? It's not open. It right? come, I think it did just open in Seattle. This it comes out weekend. on Friday. Oh, I this think. weekend. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as it goes wide, I mean, the problem is now the no, the nomination, the voting's closed. Yeah, it's over. So this is we're gonna need you know academy members who watch screeners of this mm-hmm. to push this over the. I mean, it's definitely a foreign film lock, but I just feel like the the name of the movie makes it seem a lot sadder yeah. and more dire <laughs> yes, than the movie is like it's not it's a smoldering romance yes. but but it really is like oh it's gonna be people in the snow yeah potatoes or something <laughs> you can't <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's a scene there's a scene at a gulag that's very reminiscent of like Reds yeah. where he's like you know he's had his head shaved and stuff and it's snowy outside and there's barbed wire everywhere it's it's one scene it lasts about three and a half minutes and yet you see that in the trailer and you think that's what the entire film is going to be <laughs> yeah. well it's 88 minutes it's also like very sexy metropolitan too yeah you know? most of it takes place in Paris yeah supporting actress now uh, I'm going to go with Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone uh, Regina King I loved and if Beale Street I'm going with Sakura Ando from Shoplifters. Oh, okay. Uh, she is the quote unquote mom, not the grandma. Got whatever. it. Got yeah. it. Okay. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my fifth spot I'm giving to Aquafina from Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> in uh, one of the, you know, probably the best performance in that movie. She's very Aquafina funny in that movie. Thing. So I had Elizabeth Debicki from Widows. Yeah. Who that's I a good thought, choice. you know, she choice. was part of this conversation for a moment and then Widows just completely dropped off everybody's radar. Uh, I have Michelle Yeoh. 
because I, t- I feel like she really steals that film. Well, Aquafina is very funny, yeah. but to me, Michelle Yeoh is the sort of like the beating heart of that film. Yeah, I have Regina King because how can you not? Yep. I have Claire Foy because I just think she's. You love Claire. Foy. I love Claire Foy, and I just think she does so much with so little screen time in that mm-hmm. film. And then I have uh, Rachel Weisz, but not Emma Stone. Oh, I, I, I had to pick. You. I had to pick a favorite. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I needed Elizabeth Debicki in there, and I, I just couldn't find That's room fine. for Emma That's Stone. Fine. Rachel Weisz, I guess she's my favorite. All right, supporting actor. I was really proud of myself. All five of these are not in my five actual predictions here. Nice. And none of these people will actually get nominated, which is actually. Uh, uh, Nicholas Holt <laughs> from The Favorite, of yep. course. Yep. Uh, Chris Hemsworth from Bad Times at El Royale. Uh, Steve Buscemi from uh, Death of Stalin. Okay. Lily Franti, who is the uh, father in uh, Shoplifters. Okay. And then I have Ike Barinholtz from Blockers. <laughs> <laughs> Love that nomination. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wish I'd gone a little wackier with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> although I do have some crossover. Uh, Hemsworth, of course, from Bad Times of the Royale. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. have Sam Elliott because with all, all it takes is just that one he, look he in knocks, the car. He knocks a couple of the scenes out of the car. Yeah, so. where just, just him looking backwards in the car when he's pulling out of the driveway and, yeah. and tearing. I mean, that's it. That's, that's all I need mm-hmm. out of that to uh, make him worthy. Yeah. Josh Hamilton from 8th Grade. Nice. I just, I yeah, just, yeah, I've yeah. always loved that guy. He's never broken through to become a legitimate movie star, but he's mm-hmm. always done great work. He was also great in Ethan Hawke's uh, Blaze earlier this year. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Holt, of course, very funny. <laughs> it's kind of crazy Steeler. that he hasn't gotten a lot of love. I mean, it's all been about the women in the movie, of course, for yeah. good reason. But it's still silly that he hasn't gotten a lot of uh, buzz around him. Well, especially because he's been kind of a perennial. You know, like he's always doing pretty high profile stuff, yeah. and it seems like we're always kind of talking. He's always like sixth or seventh on these kinds yeah, of lists. Yeah, yeah. Like he's always kind of just dancing around, whether it's a you know a single man or whatever. Even something like about a boy. I think he was yeah. kind of in conversation when he was a kid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is strange that he has been so overlooked for this. And then I got Michael B. Jordan. I mean, he's the standout in that film. You're talking about Black Panther, right? I am, not for Creed. (laughs) It's just crazy to me that he has not been a part of this race. I mean, people adore that movie. We want to reward that film. Mm -hmm. How are we not just throwing all of our weight behind the guy who's clearly the strongest part component of that film? We've all agreed he's a big movie star. He had another hit with Creed 2. It's just, I can't believe Disney didn't sort of take the initiative. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't want to campaign. Maybe he just said, you know, it's an ensemble film and I'm not going to go out there and campaign against, you know, my fellow sporting actors. I, I don't get it. Best Actress? I'm going with Olivia Coleman and Yelitsia Aparicio from Roma, Elsie Fisher from 8th Grade, Kiki Lane from Beale Street Talk, and uh, Joanna Kulig from Cold War. Yeah, we got, got quite a bit of overlap here. I really wanted I really wanted to get Kiki Lane on there. I think she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best performances of the year. I think it's a, you know, a true star-making performance. Mm-hmm. But this is just too crowded of a field because I had to get Tony Collette in there, obviously. Of course. Uh, Olivia Coleman, Joanna Kulig from Cold War, Elsie Fitcher, and uh, Yulisa Aparicio. Well, so we have four of the five. We do. Good, good stuff. And look at that. That's, I mean, whether it's Tony Collette or Kiki Lane, that is a strong, yeah. that is a strong it's crop a, yeah, of it's performances. A, it's a fun group. Too, it is. So it's no. Uh, no big name movie stars, you know. It's yeah, pretty cool. You've got a thirteen-year-old girl. You have two women who are performing, and you know something that's not the English language. Yeah. Uh, you have you know Kiki Lane as a it's it's her first film, right? It's at least it's her first lead. At least. It's her first lead. She's she's only has like like I was looking today like three or four credits on IMDb yeah. even. So all right, best actor, which is kind of the exact opposite. A lot of the heavy hitters here. <laughs> um, my preferred, I would go with Christian Bale, Ethan Hawke. Ryan Gosling for First Man, Robert Redford for Old Man the Gun, and Ben Foster for Leave No Trace. Oh, nice. Uh, we got four out of five the same. Robert Redford, Christian Bale, Ethan Hawke, Ryan Gosling. I did think about Ben Foster. Good. But I had to put Tom Cruise in there. 
<laughs> because Good for you. you know what? Good for you. I like that. I mean, I'm sure he you've gives been, it his all. Damn it! You've been reading these these uh, op eds. I'm sure about how we need to consider an actor's like physical commitment to a performance just as much as we. Well, consider we always their do when it comes right? to makeup or weight yeah. loss or whatever weight gain. We do consider that shit. Yeah, but no, we should consider broken ankles too. <laughs> yes, and just <laughs> I mean, just commitment. Plus, he's also delivering a legitimate dramatic performance while he's jumping off of things. Yes. You know, like when he's doing this halo jump and he's got that special <laughs> helmet where you can see his face. I mean, he's still emoting, right? Yeah. He's not just jumping out of a plane. He's also, he, he's performing this character that he's been playing for 20 years. And to me, he's finding depth to this character that hadn't been there in previous films. And it's like he finally, I don't want to say he cracked the code because obviously he's been working his way up to this. But to me, there's just something special about what's going on with uh, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> in Fallout that just hasn't been there in the past. I just think it's it's and it's, it's, it's next level. He's the best runner. He's the best film runner. History. Yeah, Cynthia Revo might be uh, running up behind him. <laughs> oh, Someday she may yeah. overtake his, yeah, his running right. mantle. But I just wish I would like to live in a world. You know, some people want to live in a world where Black Panther wins Best Picture, and that's fine. I want to live in a world where Tom Cruise gets nominated for Best Actor. I'm with you for a Mission Impossible film. <laughs> All right, so my best director, I have Barry Jenkins, Yorgos Lanthimos, Alfonso Cuaron, Pavel Pavlikowski for Cold War, and uh, Christopher McQuarrie for Mission Impossible Fallout. Only seems right. I'm with you for the most part. I've got Cuaron, McQuarrie, Pavel Pavlikowski, Damien Chazelle. Mm -hmm. And then I have, I'm trying to remember how this works when you've got uh, co-directors. Like, Uh. do do the, I'm not saying I'm nominating the Coen brothers. I'm saying when the Coen brothers get nominated, they don't count as nominees five and six, right? They count as one nominee together. Yes. Right? Okay. In that case, Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai Uh, Vassar Helyi from Free Solo. Love it. Which I think is just just a phenomenal it's a phenomenal thing it's a phenomenal piece of art. That'd just be like weird watching. if you could if they took individual slots like actors. Right. Yeah, which I don't think they do because I think when the Coen brothers have, yeah they count as one nominee. Oh. So I just think that would be really fun to nominate uh, documentary directors. All right, best picture is sort of silly because it's just my top ten list. <laughs> All right, well rattle them off in case people can't remember your top. All 10. right, Beale Street, Shoplifters, the favorite, First Reformed, Spider Man, Into the Spider Verse, Roma, Cold War, Vice, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Free Solo. I'm with you for the most part. Cold War, Roma, First Man, Crazy Rich Asians, Free Solo, Mission Impossible, Fallout, First Reformed, If Beale Street Could Talk, The Favorite, and Eighth Grade. We're not that far off. We're not that wacky. No, we're so not. That removed from the academy. And, you know, going through this exercise, it makes me feel a little bit better about the process in general. That, you know, it is it is generally a meritocracy. I mean, there, there's nothing outrageous in what I think the academy is going to do. And there's a lot of deserving nominations that will be coming next week. But it'll be interesting. There's there's a lot of toss-ups, a lot of sort of fourth and fifth slots that are very much uh, up in the air. And uh, excited to see what happens. Is there a left field scenario? And to me, first man doesn't seem weird enough to be left field. Yeah. Like, do you you really just see something coming out of the blue? I mean, Phantom Thread last year, even though people adored that movie, I don't think anybody saw it getting nominated for six Oscars, including director and picture. Yeah, I'm going through, like, the list of stuff here, and there's not not much I could see potentially getting into the best picture stuff. I mean... Mary Poppins. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think any of the other foreign films besides Roma are going to sneak in. I mean, they'd be cool if Cold War or Shoplifters. I mean, Burning might even be more... Yeah, of a contender than that. Uh, other than that, I, I think the surprises might be some some more of the snubs. Like everyone just assumes Black Klansman is going to be in there, but what if Black Klansman sort of suffers from that recency bias we talked about mm-hmm. and goes by the wayside? Same with Black Panther. I mean, we talked about this with Dark Knight or whatever. Like 
we assume that they're going to do this. Even Wonder Woman was part of the conversation until yeah. the till the nominations actually came yeah, out. Yeah, so you know, I think it's possible Black Panther gets no nominations. Um, we'll see if, if Green Book suffers from this little backlash here. Yeah, uh, that could be something. So I think we're probably going to see more Vice nominations that people are expecting. I wouldn't be surprised if First Man sort of rises up. I do think this Bohemian Rhapsody shit is an aberration and the Hollywood <laughs> Warner Press is full of shit. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's possible we get a lot of Crazy Rich Asian. I, that I can would see, be fun. I can see 8th grade getting nominated for Best Picture, right? Yeah. Thomas and Mackenzie maybe sneaks in there for... She'd be supporting, right? For Leave No Trace. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she actually really is the, the, lead, lead. the lead She's of that lead film. That for sure. But I bet you if they nominate her, they put her... Support. I mean, I, I don't see what... I mean, I could see like a... That's a tough field. category. Category to crack, though. I mean, an actor, I don't know. Like I said, Robert Redford would be kind of cool. Actress, you never know. I mean, maybe a Natalie Portman in Vox Lux or someone, some some big name. Charlie's Theron for Tully could happen. These are these are truly like left field stuff, though. Mm -hmm. Like I just, to me, I just don't see. That's why I push back a little bit against the Emily Blunt nomination because I think as beloved as she is, just seems like nobody's really nobody cares about that film or has been talking about it basically since it came out. I mean, it's doing perfectly fine business. Yeah, it's just. Doesn't seem to me to be the Oscar darling. Like at this point, I'd say song and some technical stuff. Well, you're the one who says Tony Kaleski get nominated, so (laughs) we shall see. So in other words, I I should I should be careful about uh, throwing stones in a glass house. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, this has been We Like Movies. Say goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Hey everybody, Matt here with a quick friendly and humble request. As we round the corner into our ninth year on the way to a decade of We Like Movies and closing in on 300 episodes, we thought it might be a good time to talk about donations. If you felt so inclined, perhaps consider visiting the donation page at www.welikemovies.com and help us out with a small ovation. Anything you'd be willing to contribute would help us offset the cost of seeing upwards of 100 movies in theaters per year, as well as the expense of maintaining the site. We're not looking to get rich off this podcast and we certainly don't do it for the money, but any assistance you'd be willing to provide certainly lessens the financial strain of producing the content we're committed to providing you with. Thank you so much for your continued patronage. 2019 is going to be our biggest year yet, and we're so excited to have you with us. Thanks again.